This is a podcast for the living. And we're your hosts, Graham and Saul. And we're here to share with you all kinds of creative, educational, inspirational, straight from the heart, content that could change your life. What? Okay. Podcast. Take two. Take two. <laughs> uh, Podcast number four. Four. Episode four. Four. Season one. Take two. Yes. So, we normally like to have some narrative and structure to follow, but today we're just going to free ball it. Freestyle it. Free, free, free will it. Free will it. Freelance it. <laughs> All of the free things. We're doing yeah. them today. We're very free. Feeling free, and yeah, yeah. So this week, what has what has happened in your life? What mm. have you learned this week? I feel like every week moves so fast, and it's hard to keep track sometimes. Mm. And this week, um, I don't know. I'm feeling thoughtful. I'm feeling like I need to kick myself into high gear again Mm -hmm. just constantly learning from the things that we're doing learning and being challenged and running into obstacles is a it has been a big one even for this podcast just getting it started um, especially the start of things seems like a lot more challenging than once you get the ball rolling Um, yeah once you're into something then it's you're just in it, right? Mm-hmm. Once you're, you know, like six months into something, there's there's kind of no end in sight, and there's no, the start is now out of sight, so mm-hmm. you're kind of just in the middle of that story. Yeah. Versus when you first start something, it's like the, where a child, they feel life span in a different way than, a, than an adult, mm-hmm. right? You mean like the time frame? Yeah. With, yeah. Because everything's new for them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. So when so like we're first starting this podcast, and so it's all new for us. Like, yeah. the reactions are new, or which episode's doing better than the other episode. It's mm-hmm. really easy to get into like the analytics of something and focus on that stuff. Yeah. When there's so little, there's so few of the yeah. episodes. And I would I would also say that we're both hyper analytical when it comes to most all of our creations because we're so focused on growth we're always trying to push it to the next level to the next stage and figure out like what's going to push the organic growth what's going to take us to that next level but a lot of it is just this thing of persistence and just being consistent with it long term that's the only thing at the end of the day that matters is are you going to make it to episode 100 Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. It's like why it's like you've said it before like don't start something unless you're gonna be able to follow through for five years mm, I love that concept so much so that's that's what we need to do and what we need to we almost need to just go into the rhythm of it and that's where I was saying like yeah six months in you're in the rhythm of it you're not concerned you're less concerned with analytics but in the yeah. beginning you're just trying to almost validate like is this worth it is this good is this yeah. helping people is, to, what is this to justify the action to see if what you're doing is actually valuable yeah which I, I that's the struggle for so many artists and so many different because we all get these ideas right we get these uh, these creative like oh that, that thing I must do this thing I must delve into this new world 
and then you delve in and the excitement, the initial excitement fades off, and then it's like, uh, is this actually affecting people? And the mass majority of those that you're affecting or we're affecting don't really say much about it. Well, that's definitely a hard part about it is because we live now in a day and age, like even 20 years ago, online was more about engagement. I've seen over even my lifespan, I've seen the engagement decrease. We mm. now treat social media more as like a Netflix platform where we're more observing yeah. and there's less of a push to interact and yeah. I, I even feel it too. Yeah. I have to remind myself like, okay, you can't just observe this content, Saul. You should be interacting with this person because by even just saying, even throwing an emoticon on, that's that, it sort of helps validate that person's action yeah. and it's just like when you walk past somebody on a path and we all get so used to not having to say hi to each other. Totally. We get so used to just ignoring each other. Totally. Versus just saying like hi or smiling at somebody can like, it can really brighten someone's day. So yes. kind of the same thing online. If you It doesn't just like, take much. A little bit of engagement goes a long way. It does. It's the funniest thing. We've talked about this before, but uh, to share it with you guys, um, I, I've, I'll be doing demonstration sales. That's what I've done for a living for the last... Like ten years now, and um, I'll be—I would be demo, demoing to people, and there'd be like, I don't know, let's say twenty people in front of me, and I'm showing them a product, and I'll physically ask someone a question, like full on. It's like they are right here. It's as if I'm asking you a question, and I'll say, "Hey, like, let's say, uh, what kind of stovetop you have? Is it glass? Uh, is it a flat top, a coil, or an induction stove?" And they'll just fucking blank face stare glaze, at me like glaze, glaze over. over it's like well no like I'm I'm physically asking you a question you can't you can't this is not Instagram man you gotta like respond to me here but it's a common thing nowadays it'll actually we've we've been we're we've, trained we've been trained by social media like I notice it I notice these things in myself how mm. it's easy to yeah go into that glaze mode it's safer it's it like is. you're yeah. inside yourself and you don't have to interact and like yeah, so it's tough because like even we've been on stage before and like for me when I'm on stage I'm giving every ounce of my being to that moment yeah. in terms of vulnerability and passion. And you'll be at a bar scenario and nobody's, no, like people are just talking to each other and, and granted they're there with their friends. But the way I can break this down yeah. is that when I lived in Vancouver um, the shows that I played there, I got kind of lucky. I played little festivals where basically we're in a theater. Yeah. And so people are sitting in theater seats. There's The theater seats are kind of forcing them to look forward. And the whole concept, like theaters are laid out to make you pay attention to the person on stage. Yeah. Like so even just the way you're facing forward, looking in a theater seat. You're look at the stage. So I would do stuff, like I got really like playful with it like one time I had my longboard and I I rode out on stage with my belly on the longboard on the ground and that's how I started my performance yeah <laughs> and like so I got playful but the audience is paying attention so you do that and they're laughing and then all yeah. of a sudden you can actually be a comedian because they're paying attention yeah. whereas when I moved to Saskatoon I was playing bars and I actually became super insecure as an artist because at first I couldn't really figure out what the difference was. We didn't start our timer. 
No, we didn't. Hey, Nova, can you check on the... Sorry to interrupt. So. We'll just start it now. What time does it say on there? Seven minutes and 50 seconds. Okay, so there you go. we got another 13 minutes left. Okay. That's... A, well, I'll just switch we'll do, it down. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, perfect. Sorry. That's okay. I don't think we need to be so strict on the timing of it. No, but we're trying to follow a structure, so... Okay, anyway, when I moved back to Saskatoon, I was... Yeah, I became really insecure as a musician, and... Because I try to make like those jokes and stuff, but like you said, in a bar they're facing each other, and it's kind of like the the norm here is is more about that. They're more going out for socializing, mm -hmm. and yeah, I just noticed I became insecure as a human, as as a musician, and then I had to actually adapt to this. So you start playing different music. You start wanting to play with a drummer and a bassist, and you want to play louder to capture music. the attention. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. now you're fighting for their attention versus yeah. in Vancouver, they were giving the attention. So I could just be an acoustic act yeah. and everybody would get so much out of that because they're actually watching. Yeah. Well, okay, let's talk about then how that translates to social media where you literally have the entirety of someone's attention through, let's say, like a story where now the story... Um, platform which isn't really being leveraged as much as it should by a lot of artists it has become this incredible way to access your your viewers attention or to be creative or to play in the same way that a, a stage is we have this direct access to uh, fans or viewers listeners watchers whatever you want to call them but yet there's not a lot of taking advantage of that platform that not as much as I would like to see anyway it, because it, it does seem to be the new place where the attention has gone to, where you're getting, you're actually getting direct access of someone's attention, uh, unlike the bar or unlike these other places that you might perform. I think to riff off of that, in my, uh, my mind, is that um, uh, the attention is there, but because there is such high production value on something like Netflix, mm -hmm. I think we've been trained by that production value that now we, I want to say we're kind of like spoiled. I know that I'm, I feel that I'm kind of oh, spoiled. Definitely, as in production value-wise? Yeah, in terms of like yeah. the things that I like online yeah. have to be at a certain standard. So oh, it yes. kind of puts this pressure on the average person where like I'm not as entertained with just like the basic... Instagram sharing or whatever. No, I mean the same type of That's what I mean where the lack of creativity is the mm. challenge because mm -hmm. When we are bombarded with the same Variety of information over mm -hmm. and over and over again. It's like well, I've seen this you, you just end up skipping through stories that are like oh this person yeah. like for example somebody taking a photo of um, a song they were listening to on Spotify I know some people get value out of it. Yeah, but for me, it's like, no, I don't care. I don't care. I, I don't care what you're listening to for whatever reason. Or I've seen too much of that. Or yeah. typing, if there's too many words on a story, I instantly am like, no, no, no. There no. are things that our subconscious is trained that to we're just skip like over. Because, because we're, we're trained to be know that we can hit either next frame yeah. or just next person. Yeah. 
So we become, because we have that power, because we have that power, and yes, it's like Tinder because there's so many, there's so many options, you're, you're more willing to say no, basically. Whereas like, yeah, in the old times you go rent a movie or you go to a theater or whatever, there's less access. So you put the movie on and you finish it. Yeah. Now we put a Netflix show on for 10 minutes and we go, no. Yeah. (laughs) Next. Yeah. And so, yeah, same thing on, it's like fast. You really, right now, we're fighting for that attention. Like, you have to be super creative. And for me, I, mm. I end up putting, like, an excessive amount of pressure on what I create. I'm feeling like what I'm doing is not creative enough. Feeling like I need to work on that. And Okay, well, there, there's an interesting point there. Because imagine you're on stage. You're always looking for a reaction from your audience. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, as you, as as the audience is not giving you the response that you want from them they're talking to each other then you want to play louder music you want to capture their attention in whatever way is possible so the same same thing is yeah here you have instagram where there's a bunch of the the majority is silent hilarious but they're and so it makes you want to be more creative you want to coax response out of them but yet what you're doing is may be may be totally satisfactory Maybe it's not. I don't know. Well, because the algorithm wants the wants the engagement and wants the viewers to pay attention. So, like, uh, just rambling a bit here, but one of the things I'll do is if you put, like, a really long story. So, if you've got, like, 20 or 30 um, story posts in a row, if you just flip through to the end, you can see the percentage drop off where it'll start with, like, let's say 100 people watching. By the end, if it's down to 40, you know you didn't have that engaging of a story. It's like a 50% drop-off. But sometimes you'll get those 100 that stay all the way to the end. Yeah. So that's one way you can kind of see the engagement. Yeah. But certainly it, it pushes you into more creative endeavors, we'll say. Well, this is something that, like, for me, when I was a live sound guy in this town, I would be seeing, like, Four nights a week, I'd be seeing all of the people who are seeing my content online, or at least a large percentage of those people who are seeing my content online. And so I'd be getting real world response and real world validation from those people. Mm. So then I didn't act, actually need it as much online. Right. But now, with everything shut down, I'm seeing even less people in person, in person. Yeah. when I do see them they say oh yeah I'm, I've watched the podcast look, they, you know they acknowledge the online content when exactly. you see them in person but so not until you're in person not until we're in person which like I totally get it because like there was a time for me when when I was on Facebook I specifically remember being on Facebook and not ever liking or engaging in anything because I wanted sure. to be invisible yeah. and then I remember as I started to post more content, I went, oh, I better start being visible. I start, I better start engaging. Yeah. I remember making that conscious decision to become a part of the ecosystem. Yeah. And so, yeah, right now, lately, I've felt slightly, it's, it's such a hard balance because on one half of it, it's, it's a thing where I'm playing and I'm trying different things. And if I stay light about it, then it's no big deal at all. But then on the other side of it, if I become too insecure one week, 
like I did last week, I had a few days of like just general insecurity. Then all of a sudden I start feeling like what I'm doing, like my creative endeavor, the thing that means so much to me, yeah. I feel like it has no, no meaning to other people. Yeah. Because it, because part of the challenge is it's really hard to get organic growth right now on these platforms. And so when you're not seeing an increase in followers and you're not seeing an increase in viewership, feels like you're kind of at this stalemate but yet you still have to keep posting every day because you're trying to collect this attention to ultimately achieve this goal that you want to achieve so it's a very strange place to be in you feel because the analytics are so good right now you can look and see oh did i improve and it's like well i haven't moved forward in four or five months well what the fuck's going on mm -hmm. you know like so yeah no i, I totally understand that that um, the vulnerability behind that it feels like it does feel like being on that stage because i remember being on the stage with graham and like yeah to finish that story earlier mm. i was all this vulnerability and then i could tell like people were looking at us as if we were just animals in oh, a yeah. zoo they had gone to a zoo we were, explain the story okay we were doing it well we were just opening for a band and yeah we we're doing live looping yeah and it takes a lot of energy and focus and yeah they're they're just kind of looking at us like how someone would look at an animal in the zoo just like you can look at it and you don't have to necessarily interact with it or whatever it felt like i just felt like i was in a cage and just being observed which was weird because we were opening for this for this band and right after as soon as we were off the stage then when the the main act came on then all of a sudden all of the attention went forward and they were, they were much more present because that's what they were there for because they're a full band too right yeah for sure if we were maybe if we were a full band in that aspect yeah. possibly yeah it's very possible and then sure. they're they're also trained like that band is a dance band so yeah yeah true but i like i i took a moment and made the audience conscious i told them the way i was feeling that i was feeling super vulnerable and that it felt like no one was even interacting i don't i don't even remember did they respond to that or they did they did yeah they started to interact more because i'm pretty sure they weren't even like clapping mm. i'm pretty sure they were like a few of them were like well it was also at a restaurant and they're all eating and stuff too so there's for sure it's but it's the common challenge of being in front of an audience and you're in such a vulnerable state you're giving so much like we in in theater or uh, improv or anything any of those places that is not a challenge in film no way everybody shuts the fuck up as soon as it as soon as we're we're going is the second time I spelled yeah. this um, being so dramatic with my hands uh, as soon as we're going it's just like no everybody shuts up and the focus is entirely there so it's a it's a very unique challenge in the music world versus in other artistic mediums yeah i mean the audience is a part of the performance yeah oh definitely because our hearts will start beating the same beat when we play music live and yeah, yeah like in comparison for the best example was like the night before i opened for mother mother i was playing at black cat tavern to like eight people so I went from playing to, for eight yeah. people, pretty much the same set, yeah. playing for eight people to then playing for a thousand people. And the energy difference whole is 
it's insane. Yeah. And I'm performing the exact same thing. Yeah. And it's just a completely... Did I, did I perform that night before? Was that the Black Knight show that we did? There? No. Or the Black Hat? No. No, I just did that one solo. Okay, I want to say on this note, some of the best shows that we've ever done were to a group of 10 people in a house. Mm-hmm. You know, where you have complete focus and complete attention of those few people and it's so intimate and you can exchange like true connection and true words with those individuals they can ask questions you can ask questions you actually learn about each other and connect those have to me those have always been the best shows i think uh i think we have a the lost art of paying attention Mm that that we are kind of trained out of in this society and like when someone pays attention to even what you're saying Mm -hmm. if you're speaking with somebody and they're paying full attention to what you're saying then you can like it's so empowering there's nothing as empowering as that it infuses you with it infuses you with the ability to speak your truth. I, I, I can attest to this 100%. When somebody's not fully paying attention to me in a conversation, I start to lose my train of thought. I start start to lose my focus. I start to drift. It's like, I, I don't even know. Sometimes I can't even finish a sentence if someone's not there with me. Yeah. So what does that say about the attention of the audience for the artist on stage? It means a lot. Yeah. It means a lot. I mean, we're now living in a time where we're just performing at home for cameras. And I've heard time and time again, people say that like live is where they like my thing the best. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's because I'm engaging with the energy in the room. And so it's a personal, personalized experience to that moment. Yeah. Whereas when I'm doing it at home, it's a completely different form of my musical journey. Yeah. I'm currently recording an EP. Luckily, the person I'm recording with, Matt Stinn, he's seen me live. So when it came time to record vocals, he's like, I've heard you live, and I want you to go there. Yeah. And so that was some of the hardest recording I've ever done, because I'm pushing my voice to sound as if it's in front of... With, without the audience, like yes. manufacturing an audience in your imagination. Legitimately. So then it's acting. At that point, yeah. it, it's acting, Yeah, it right? is, for sure. And there's a there's definitely a crossroad between acting and music. There's 100%. a very fine line there, which is maybe uh, a podcast for another day because we're at the end of our time. We are, but I feel like we should keep going. Well, I want to say I wanted to um, yeah. just mention that we're planning on bringing guests on at about the 10th episode. Um, and we have a whole bunch of guests already starting to get lined up and reaching out and that we've been talking to, um, a lot of really good, incredible, creative, focused, fascinating people, um, that it's going to be really cool to talk to and we'll likely expand the duration of the episodes when, once we start bringing guests on because I suspect we're going to need a little bit more time to, to go into depth with those artists, those creators uh, whoever it may be um, did we want to touch on anything else? there was a few things I know oh yeah 
we, we had a couple suggestions for what we were supposed to talk about this episode. So Saul, quick, what are your thoughts on aliens? I think that you're an alien. Good answer. And that there's also aliens, probably. Likely. I don't know. I'm without, without being proven wrong. I haven't been proven wrong on aliens yet, so how, how can I be proven that there is or isn't? You That's know? a solid answer. And who's, whose comment was that? Um, let me find it quick. And um, I guess while he's finding that, uh, the wrap-up on this episode, we pretty much spent a lot of time ta- talking about attention in this episode. Um, I would say that was the primary focus of it. Would you say? Attention. Yeah, mostly focused on it. Focused on yeah. attention and yeah, a little bit on sense. social media, a little bit on performance, the challenges of of attention and the way that it interferes with performance or enforces it, and the ways that we kind of need to adapt based on the attention that's being given to us and the ways that we feel like we want to adapt whether if we're getting the engagement from whether that be a live audience or an audience in studio or, or in any environment if we, if we break it down to one-on-one like like you said like you don't really want to have a conversation with someone who isn't paying attention to you no you don't absolutely not so based on those metrics <laughs> yeah. If you, mul- <laughs> if you well, multiply, if you multiply the one-on-one metrics, yeah. Well, if you so, mul- if you yeah. multiply to yeah, a yeah. creative stage endeavor, yeah. if the audience isn't paying attention, why do you want to play for them? You definitely do not. You definitely do not. That being said, some of my favorite performances are when I know, like, I'm playing a restaurant and they're not paying attention. Okay. So then there's less. So there's there's a there's a there's a line there because yeah. if. If the audience is fully not paying attention, that's also okay because then you can just do whatever the fuck you want. But if they're half paying attention, then fuck you guys. <laughs> well, it's like <laughs> Okay, when I go to a bar and yeah. I'm being asked to perform. Yeah. Then I want you to to listen. But if I'm being yeah. paid to play at a restaurant where I know they're not they're not there to pay attention to me and but I'm adding their to their conversations. Yeah. Then that's enjoyable. Yeah, but, for sure. Yeah. But if I was to do that for a living, mm. if that was the only concerts I had, eventually it'd be annoying. They're only fun because I can practice up and do things that are risky, so that when I play the for the audience that's paying attention, I've already taken those risks, so I know, you know, I yeah. can blah blah blah. Basically, yeah. I take yeah. risks there. Yeah, kind I of see thing. What you mean. Uh, sure. The aliens was uh, from Jay Champagne. But you have to talk about your thoughts on aliens. Quickly. Oh yeah, well I just think that the the probability of there not being aliens is ridiculous. And I mean, I love my favorite comment on this is from Little Dicky's song "Pillow Talking," where he just maybe you guys should just go listen to it. But he if you haven't heard it, if you haven't heard it, it's yeah. really good. He just. Uh, I mean, there's a whole like scientific argument on this too, but the way he talks about it, it's really funny, and he just makes a big joke about how you know, like, okay, if if let's say we're talking about God here, if God can create humans and dinosaurs, why can't he also create other creatures? Are dinosaurs not somewhat comparable to what an alien is? Uh, are other creatures on this planet that don't look like us not? 
just a different very a different species and an alien would just literally be a different species on a different planet it's really hard to argue with the size of the galaxy and the amount of the like imperceivable space that is out there that never-ending multiple yes, universes that there wouldn't be some other species created out there okay granted it's very limited because you have to be within a certain range from a sun but there are fucking i don't know how that's many saying, billions and billions but, but of suns all over the place but that's saying that there's only creatures living that have the capacity to it's, only live it's only because of the the right combination of things they call it like the green zone where there's this right combination of oxygen temperature and this that makes uh organic life possible sure right so yeah. you, you could have non-organic life as well which would be i don't really know but why why couldn't non-organic life exist as well mm -hmm. and then if we talk about like what aliens like the fact that we're prop you know we're aliens we're definitely aliens we live on a planet and we our bodies are formed based on the pressure that is applied on us based on what it uh, what is around us right yeah. people who live in different places on this earth are pressurized definitely. differently if a person were to live on mars they they say that a person living on mars that was born on mars would be like six feet taller because of the gravity difference. Just that alone, the so, way that, that forces grow. So literally, so literally, they could birth a child on Mars. It could grow to adult form, be way taller than humans, come back to Earth, and everybody would be like, like alien, alien, alien. Although if it came back to Earth, that would be I don't know, I don't know. That would do weird things because you'd be used to. Because imagine the other part is your bones wouldn't be as sturdy because gravity would different would be different so you'd be more like elasticy mm. you know what I mean it's a mm. very strange exactly idea and if that's you really Mars. dive into it and that's, that's only Mars that, right Mars is technically still within that green zone they've, yeah they've found water there's definitely on Mars. other green zones for sure and the gravity would theoretically be different just based on the size of the sun and a bunch of other variable factors there yeah. too. So there's where Definitely. you get